0: What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Jobbers Podcast. I'm Cody, and I am MJF's dodgeball coach. You trained him well, my good sir.
1: Only throwing dingers.
0: <laughs> we'll get into it later in the episode, but man, that was such a great, great segment for this week.
1: Oh, I was, I was rolling like it was, it was hilarious. If you
0: missed it, you missed out on probably one of the funniest segments that they've ever had on Dynamite in a long, long time.
1: I want to know whose kids those were for real, because like they had to have. I'm pretty sure signed them, a waiver or something. I feel like one of them I recognize as, as I think one of them was Matt Hardy's kid. Really, one of them looked familiar. It looked like he was one of Matt Hardy and Rebbie uh, Sky's kids. I don't know
0: because like all their kids like have long hair and like wear gothic clothing, don't
1: they? Well, when he's broken, well, I mean, Matt still, Hardy, yeah, but plenty of
0: it still like they're all like goth kids.
1: Yeah, but that's still. true. Uh, but it was that was. Absolutely hilarious. I mean that 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 brings me back to like Stone Cold and Mankind in the hospital with Vince with his the leg bed, up
0: and the bedpan
1: and the bedpan and you know Mankind with the with the nurse with uh, the clown in yep. the balloons, Mr. Socko. Mr. Socko. Everything. It's just those funny,
0: entertaining segments that you don't want to end, but you know it's going to come to an end oh, yeah. at some point soon.
1: I have a so my my feeling is that we're going to have somebody turn during that tag team match right before the pay-per-view starts. So, like, they've already announced that it's going to be better than you, Bebe, versus Aussie Open for the ROH titles at zero hour. Right. So, if I'm a booker, my thought is you do the flip right then and there. That's
0: not a bad idea because, I mean... You see that during zero hour because you can watch it on YouTube. You see so you that see during that, zero
1: hour, and you one of them. Whether it's MJF or Cole, you're like, I'm buying. Turns the paper on the view, other one. and you know that title match is coming up in a couple hours. Exactly. That's your, you know, that's your catch right there. Right. So, yeah, we're already getting into, into a whole bunch of stuff here. But guys, thank Dang you it so much. When you have ADHD and you don't have someone to keep you in line, hey, it's all right. That's your you. job. I, I try. It's a <laughs> tall task. Okay.
0: That's true. We're still
1: 20 episodes in. We've
0: only t- touched the surface for the I need most part. Any one of those backpack leashes. That's true. It, it would come in handy sometimes. Or a muzzle. Either one.
1: Yeah. But
0: once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners that have just supported us throughout this endeavor. We're 20 episodes in, guys. It's hard to believe that we've been doing this for 20 episodes. I mean, I'm getting gra- tired. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm having a great time with it. Thank you to all of our listeners we got some more content that will be coming your way. If you're new to the uh, podcast, go check us out. Listen to all of our episodes. I know we're 20 episodes in, but, hey, it's great content. We think for the most part, I mean, we've had a bunch of people download our episodes, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you can listen.
1: Yeah, listen anywhere you want, you know, in your closet, in your bedroom, in your, in your, in car, your car, you know, at family dinner. Yeah, you just want to sneak away for a moment. Things are getting boring. You know, they've set you at the
0: kid's table and you are already had enough of it. Just go sneak away to the bathroom, listen to our podcast for about 30 minutes or so. And then when people start to get worried about you, just come back out and socialize.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you you don't like our podcast, we're a great thing to annoy your friends with. Just, you know, put it on full blast. There you go. You know, put it in a room full of people you know don't like professional wrestling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But once again, go check us out. We're on social media right now. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at 5 Star Jobbers. We will have more content coming soon at some point. It's not definite yet because we're still working out the kinks and stuff. But we will have a YouTube channel up before you know it. We're going to have more content on that. And we are going to have a TikTok at some point. Trust me, guys. You're not going to want to
1: miss out on this. It's going to be fantastic. So I'm flashing a graphic right now that you can't appreciate because we don't have audio. We don't have video yet. Right. But it says work in progress. There you go. I'm doing it with my hands. It's it's happening. You're missing it, but you're hearing it. As long as you can hear it, we appreciate it. Soon you'll be seeing it. There you
0: go. But guys, we've got another segment this week. Since we did a top 10 for our 10th episode, I figured we kind of just keep going along with the theme of doing our top 10s for every 10th episode. So since we're on episode 20, I thought we'd do a top 10 of some of the greatest entrances of all time. Now, I kind of went back and forth, and John had to kind of clarify with me on this one. Because, I
1: misunderstood the assignment, but then
0: I went back and redid my work. Well, because what, we, what he thought was... We were talking about like greatest WrestleMania entrances or something along those lines. But I'm talking about greatest entrances of all time. And this is all based on what our preferences are. And if you have your top 10 greatest entrances of all time, share it with us on Facebook. Share it with us on Instagram. We also have an email address if you want to send in comments or concerns or suggestions for different things. It's 5 jobbers at gmail.com. Go check it out, guys, and send us requests for things. If you are new to the channel, like I said before, send us stuff that you like, that you don't like. We want to hear from you guys because we appreciate your feedback, and we appreciate you listening and keeping up with us all these 20 episodes. But we're going to get into this segment right here. This is the top 20... Or, sorry, excuse me. I'm getting confused here. Our 20th episode will be top 10 entrances of all time. Now, I'm, we kind of talked a little bit about it before. I feel like we're going to have very differing opinions on the majority of these because we've already talked about my, see most of mine are not Wrestlemania entrances I only have one Wrestlemania entrance in my top 10
1: yeah half of mine are Wrestlemania entrances and then half of them are not Wrestlemania I've got stuff that's outside of WWE right In uh, AEW um, I have I think I have one from yep I have one bef- that's not from AEW um, you know from ECW See, I actually have only one from AEW, and then I have one from TNA. Oh, TNA. So yeah, I went through TNA stuff, and you know, they had a couple that I would say were like like top decent, twenty maybe. But it's really hard to compete with. As w- I say like this, when it comes to entrance production, it's really hard. To compete with WWE, WWF, and especially for their big pay-per-views, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, oh, yeah. WrestleMania, I mean, those those entrances are, I mean, I don't even want to know what the price tag for some of those entrances are, but like, I mean, if you go back, go back and watch WCW, one thing WCW never did anywhere near as well as WWF, WWE did, was entrance theme music, entrance uh, you know, pyro, right. uh, the 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 screens, if you want to call it the Titantron, even though that's WWE-specific jargon. Right. But, you know, the screen, the lighting, all that. Like, you go back and watch WCW's product, you know, from early 90s until its demise, it was never even close. Right. I mean, you had a couple... Wrestlers who had somewhat decent entrances, like Goldberg had a right. decent entrance. I mean, uh, and I mean, DDP. I'd say DDP. Well, DDP was, got, almost got, I think they got sued for that one because it sounded, you know, almost exactly like uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Yeah. And that's then true. Uh, Ravens during WCW also sounded like uh, Come As You Are yeah. by Nirvana. Um, I would say like Goldberg, Harlem Heat, the NWO uh, entrance. And maybe like Buff Daddy, Buff Bagwell's entrance, like that were like somewhat, at least entertaining. But if you look at, see, I'd even put Stings in there, just, just Stings. Yeah, Stings was good, but like for the most part, it's like. uh, you know sting you know the the better entrance for sting was when he was coming down from the rafters more yeah than when he true. would walk you know because when he would walk from the the back you know from gorilla say down to the ring but it, there was nothing special about it, it was no i mean i said that there there, there there was decent music at one point i think they used uh metallica's seek and destroy right um but you know, as far as like pyro lighting you know other things i mean like this list was hard. One of the hardest things about making this list was trying not to have five of the undertaker's entrances exactly. in there because that, like the and undertaker being,
0: and being an undertaker mark, that was especially hard for me. Yeah. So. I mean,
1: like, so I mean, I, I did my best. I picked my favorite undertaker, WrestleMania, which surprised me actually, when I went through the list of all the amazing undertaker, I thought that the 14th one was going to be my favorite because that was the one that like, you know, more like my childhood, but truthfully, well, I'll say it later it, it wasn't the 14th, right? Uh, and then I think like, I
0: might have an idea because I think that's probably uh, same beat.
1: thing with Triple H. Triple mm-hmm. H's WrestleMania entrances, like before he retired, those things were getting bigger and and more grandiose every right. year. So, um, yeah, the, this was this was a hard list to put together. You know, I think uh, we you know we've done tag. We did ta- we talked about tag teams. What was our last top ten? Last top ten was because uh, it was uh, tag it was de- debuts, yeah, right? Debuts,
0: right? This was harder than the debut, right? I mean there's so many different things to take into account for whenever you talk about entrances like t- like you just said I mean pyro oh, yeah. whether it's like things with a TitanTron or any different kind of lighting effects. I mean there's a lot of things just to take into account, but I think we'll have a pretty good variety of different entrances. Like I said, I have one from currently today that I would, oh, yeah. that I would consider in the top 10 of all time. Well, I
1: have yeah, I have uh, I believe I have two that have happened within at least the last year and a half. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 as time has gone on and, of course, production values and things that you can do have gotten better, I'd say the entrance—I like I, I don't have anything from the golden era. I don't have anything yeah, from the 70s because they didn't—let's say entrances weren't a big thing. Right. WWE is really the the company that made entrances a thing in professional wrestling. Right. And let's say even WCW, that they never really— they never really went broke on that. And honestly, TNA, like you said, you got a TNA one there. TNA always was, I mean, like they, they weren't chancy with their entrances, but they always had shorter ramps. You know, they, they didn't really spend a whole lot of money on pyro. And for the most part, most of the music, um, I'd put it on the same level as WCW. Yeah, um, there wasn't Agreed. great production. AEW's been the first company other than WWE to really invest money in music and pyro and production of entrances for its stars. I mean, the fact that Tony Khan's gone out and gotten so many actual songs and not just had everything made in-house has really, that's been fantastic. Like I was marking out huge when RVD came out and when he debuted a couple weeks ago and I heard walk. I mean, first of all, that was the first time I ever heard that song and then Pantera ended up becoming one of my favorite bands of all time. Right. So I, I mean, that was I didn't put that one on the list because it wasn't really like an entrance, really. It was more like a de- debut. Yeah. So but I mean when when you get those old nostalgic and they're layered in with like other parts of your of your story, that's where these like I say, these entrances are really, really, really cool because as I say they there's some things on here where they're really cool because you you always remember that moment. Like exactly. You, you, you may not remember everything that happened in the match, but you remember that entrance. Exactly. But we're going to go ahead and get into our top ten
0: entrances right now. And I think you started last time, so I guess I'll take the floor on this one. My number ten was Randy Orton's entrance, where he had the Burn My Light song and the... Uh, like, I guess you could call it like sparkling,
1: dude. I pyro. love, I loved the what was it like, uh, post evolution, or was it like during? Was it post evolution? No, yeah, it was post evolution, post evolution. Randy, when he would go and he'd raise his arms up and it exa- would rain exactly, that's they what would rain rain I'm the talking fireworks. about. Like,
0: maybe mid 2000s, I think, is when it was, or early 2000s, but yeah, this was post evolution. Yeah. Just that entrance with the, with the pyro sprinkling down was just very. I think it's one of his best interests that he's had in his WWE career.
1: That was my go-to uh, pyro for create a wrestler, create an entrance. Yes. Every every single time I created my wrestler, he had that pyro. And uh, if WWE 2K product, producers are listening, okay? If you're one of the people listening in Belgium, listen to me right now. <laughs> I want that pyro back. Yes. It's been gone for like three or four years. That crap needs to come back. Okay? Bring it's the it best back. pyro.
0: Bring it back. But
1: yeah, no, I, t- I get you on that one. That was that was, that was a solid Randy Orton entrance um, I like that one way better than um, now don't get me wrong I do love his entrance where
0: he has the new song where I hear voices now I people love, that, love song. that
1: I mean I honestly like I said I like the other one better the hey <laughs> yeah. nothing you can say nothing's gonna change what you've done today yeah yeah that love one it. that one to me was the best one like uh, I think there's a lot of people who think the voices in my, voices head whatever I It's okay, and then I don't like the viper entrance stuff. Yeah, I don't either. Especially with like the CGI snake. See all the CGI like. I don't like Roman Reigns' thing and all the drone stuff. I'm I'm not a fan of. It's just like it feels like it's going overboard with everything. Well, I get it. It's probably cheaper than Pyro.
0: But still, they they still do pyro with uh, Cody Rhodes and still do it well, with Roman Reigns. The, the entrances we'll...
1: that have pyro, I like the pyro better, like the the Roman Reigns holograph where it looks like he's doing a power thrust. Right. You know. Um. You know. I. It's. It, it was cool the first time I see it, but then, but then after it's, that, I'm, then it's, it's kind of hokey.
0: Yeah, it is. But yeah, that's my number ten. So what you got, John? All
1: right, so my number ten, and I, I would say like from ten to like four. I don't even know that I have them in like an exact order. Like I have a top. That's how I feel with mine. I have a, I have a hard top three. Like I I have a top three that I feel like my number one is my number one. Number two is number two and three is number three. But the rest of them, like they're all good, you know? And like, if they were like my children, I couldn't, I couldn't pick one over the other. Right. So, well, sometimes you can. It depends on the situation. But you can't tell them that you can. Right. (laughs) Hopefully they
0: won't listen to this episode.
1: They're definitely going to listen to the episode, and I'm (laughs) definitely going to be in trouble tomorrow. (laughs) No, but my number 10, so I picked, was uh, Degeneration X uh, SummerSlam 2009. So this is yeah, Sean Sean and Hunter. I want to say this is kind of like the last ride for both of them. Uh, as DX, because I mean, after this, you know, you get the Sean going in with Taker and everything right. like that, and then Sean retires, and so this is like the last D, like true DX ride, not like a reunion, you know, show, yeah, but like where they were actually doing stuff. But when they came out and they had the full on tank and everything, and the pyro. Was huge. I mean, just the production was the biggest for for their entrance here than it had ever been before. So, um, and and knowing that that was kind of like say their their last ride as DX, like fully, there was something bittersweet about that. And you know, just to say, that's my favorite entrance song. That's my favorite group. Yeah. So it, you know, I you know, I wasn't really thrilled with the product at that time. But I watched SummerSlam to watch that, and I remember watching that entrance and being very pleased. It just took you back to the. It just it b- took me the back days
0: of uh, the Monday Night Wars. It
1: took me back and reminded me of you know when yeah when when Hunter and Sean were messing with Sergeant Slaughter.
0: <laughs> oh man, the good old days. My number nine. I kind of flip flopped back and forth between these two, but I went with I had this one down. But I think I'm going with my first pick on this. Number nine for me is Edge. Which one? I would say mid 2000s, where he uh, I can't remember what the name of the, t- the title is, but it's the one where it starts off with the "You Think You Know Me," and it's just that hard
1: rock. Was that Metal kept... Metalingus? Oh man. No, no, that's no, the, that's no, that's no, that's the okay, that's the the You Think You Know Me, You Know Me, You Know right. Me. Right. Okay, so that's not Metalingus um yeah that was like the original age that was like the oh gosh what did they call it i, I can't remember what they called it but right I, I know exactly what i'm you're trying to remember you. the
0: name of the, the group that did that song but just you're that lost. entrance from the smoke
1: you are scared
0: no, no 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 i'm talking about the like like his most like the one that he uses now pretty much where oh, you okay know, you're like the on this day i see clearly you yeah. know what i'm talking about yeah on the stage that's alterbridge yeah, Alter Bridge. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. But yeah, that one always gets me hyped. Every single time I hear that, and then it, it's just one of those entrances that I always look at, and it always gets me excited every single time that I see him come to the ring.
1: Edge always has a solid entrance. Oh, um, yeah. I will say, I remember when Edge first debuted, and he was coming through this, the the crowd. And he was, right. at that time, that was the first time I had ever seen someone come through the crowd. Um other than the Sandman, and I just remember thinking that was really super cool. And then he went yeah. from coming through the crowd to coming to being the from brood. the floor and being in the, the crowd. floor, so uh, and then after that, it was they'd come down and do the five second pose for those with the benefit of flash, flash photography. photography. Um, <laughs> he's always he's always done really well with his. With he's, into, he's always been coming a show ring. Yeah, his showmanship is fantastic. You know, probably one of the top ones to ever do it.
0: I, I agree. What do you got for number nine? So
1: for number nine, I have Shinsuke Nakamura's uh, WrestleMania 34 entrance with Ooh. Nita Strauss.
0: Oh wow, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, that was um, that was that was really cool. Um, you know, they had Nita come, and what's funny is she. If you're as a musician like you are and I am, right, you know that she made some mistakes at the beginning of the song, yeah. But it's okay. We, but you know, they recovered. We, we, yeah, it, they recovered. And I say, I guarantee ninety percent of the people who were there or were watching had no idea that mistakes were made. Oh yeah. Uh, but she got she she gets once she gets to the main part of the song, it's spot on. And then they've got the multiple drummers, they've got the multiple violin players. Like it's just this big production. Um, and it really made Shinsuke seem bigger than life, and right. it was—I I, want to say that was—you um, know—his maybe his second WrestleMania. I think so because his first one was it. I, might it might have his been first? his first. It might have been his first WrestleMania, but I know that was the WrestleMania where he won the Royal Rumble and right. then challenged AJ Styles. Yeah, I think that was his first. Then. So okay, so that's his first. That's his first WrestleMania. You know, he's main eventing with AJ Styles you've got Nita Strauss, you've got this full orchestra almost. Um, that was, you know, when you say you want to see someone get a push and you want to see the, the company put the, you know, the rocket strap on somebody, um, that was a fantastic entrance it was cool looking and for those of you who are listening you know you you may not know what we're talking about maybe you missed that entrance or something all of these most all of these are available on uh on youtube yeah so we're you know we're giving the the event or we're giving the time period and the wrestler so you can go back and watch these and i highly suggest it, even if you're not even the biggest wrestling fan and you're just listening to you know make fun of our dumb butts you know for being nerds i'm sure a lot of people do that anyways I mean, I'm pretty funny. I'm pretty funny to look at, so. Um, <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, this you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to appreciate the entrances. No. And this entrance was so cool. Like, I challenge anybody, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, to not watch that and think that was pretty cool. See, and I would kind of argue that his best entrance... Oh, I love that entrance. Is the takeover? But
0: see, I would say takeover when he has yeah. the guy coming out playing violin and having that... In- well, so that was intro. my... I was
1: arguing with myself on which one I was going to put there.
0: See, I was going to put... I would put that one over that and one, that, but, but this is your
1: top ten. That one was really, really cool, and I almost put it there, not even because of the uh, the amount of production, but, um, but be- that one, honestly, the reason I didn't use it was almost the reason I picked it... It was. It was or almost put it there was that the crowd interaction for the NXT takeover was so much more impactful. Oh yeah. And so I, I literally said, okay, I'm going to take this apart. Cause I, I don't want it to be based on the pop. Cause I think if I started make if I started going down the road on going based on the pop, there would be a lot of entrances on here that aren't necessarily that great, right but felt great because of crowd interaction. Like I don't have anything from stone cold to the rock on here. Because, in, in truth, none of their entrances have ever been that grandiose, over the top. Like, the most memorable thing about any Stone Cold or Rock entrance is the pop the minute that you hear... The glass the, break. The glass break, or the, if you smell... Exactly. crowd crowd goes wild. Right. So, yeah, no, Shinsuke Nakamura, WrestleMania 34, Nita Strauss, and the rest of the group that played did a fantastic job. It sounded amazing. It looked amazing. And, I mean, it really did. It hyped up a match that was already very hyped up. You know, AJ Styles, Nakamura in America, WrestleMania, main event. Like, you think, okay, how can this get any bigger? Well, they did it with this entrance. Exactly. All right, then we get to number eight. Now, this is the one where I kind of go a
0: little bit off the freeway here and go into TNA. Okay. So, my entrance for number eight, I put Kurt Angle. See, of the ones in TNA, because... TNA was kind of the same like we were talking about before with WCW. They didn't really do a lot with Pyro or the Titantron mm-hmm. or anything like that. But of the people that had entrances in Impact, I would say Kurt Angle had the best one from when he would come up from the floor and then as soon as he lifted his hands up in victory, Pyro shoots out everywhere. That, that's just one of the ones in TNA that I think would be the better, better one of there. But that's why I put that one in my top ten on there.
1: You know, and I think of, if I had to think of, impact time periods Kurt Angles Jeff Jarrett's yeah Jeff Jarrett's had a pretty good one um, beer money was pretty good yeah um, but see then I look at the other ones they didn't really have very much to nah. them. I like Jeff Hardy had some interesting I mean, ones but I wouldn't call them good no nah. uh, like I really wasn't a fan of Willow and like the charismatic, the charismatic enigma stuff like I'll, you know, with, with, with Jeff, his, his best stuff was, I mean, I guess
0: Abyss had someone, but his his was pretty much just red lighting. Like it was pretty
1: much Kane's entrance without the pyro. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, no, there was, yeah, it's not, not a long list of, of TNA ones that I thought were great. TNA was definitely more of what was in the ring than, than outside of the ring. Right. Quality. So no, that was, yeah. Angles was definitely the, was cool on that time and. It was it was kind of cool to see like the different way that he went when he wasn't in WWE. Right. So, all right. Well, my number eight, uh, Rusev, WrestleMania thirty one, and this is the uh, the Rocky four, type uh, Rusev entrance if you remember it from WrestleMania thirty one, where he comes in on the tank. Yeah. And they have uh, you know I want to say it's the Bulgarian anthem that's yeah. being played in the back, and Lana's wearing the you know, the white outfit, and she's coming out with the title, and it's going to be Rusev versus John Cena. And it's, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a total callback to Rocky IV. Right. Like, it is 100% a a, a rehashing of Rocky versus uh, Drago. Right. And Drago coming out in his home country with all the pomp and circumstance and, you know... Lana plays the the character of Drago's handler.
0: Exactly. Um, if you've never seen that movie, you need to go back and watch. But oh yeah, I would say just go back and watch that specific scene. Just just watch the fight.
1: Yep. But it it was like it, for people who are Rocky fans to watch that, it's it, it's immediately nostalgic, and it's it's huge. Like it's such a big to do. You got R- Rusev's coming out there in the tank and everything like that. They've got the you know military man goose-stepping, you know, carrying yep. the flag. Like, it was... He looked like a monster coming oh, yeah. out there. So, and, and, you know, it made John Cena look like kind of how Rocky was. It seemed like the underdog in a, in a foreign land exactly. type situation. So, uh, that one I thought was just fantastic because of the connection and just the, like I said, the production quality that, that, that WWE does, especially around WrestleMania.
0: Agreed. So, for my number seven, I went with the tag team route on this one. And I gave number seven to the Dudley Boys. And I would say this is probably late 90s, early 2000s when they had the pyro shooting down to the stage and then coming up from the ramp. Mm-hmm. And so, whenever Dudley's Dudley Boys came out, they always had a pop wherever they went. Not, not just inside the ring from whenever, of course, Bubba Ray would slap Devon on the chest and say, Devon, get the tables. But, anytime you saw that pyro hit and then the music hit exactly see that i always thought was a really cool entrance
1: oh yeah absolutely great great entrance great uh you know what do you call those anticipation moments where a like, the music doesn't have to hit you already it's know like, what's happening as soon as
0: you see the fireworks just shoot down from the top of the ceiling yep. and then go to the ramp you know exactly who's about to come out.
1: Yep, we're, we're behaviorally conditioned, so we're yep. like Pavlov's dogs foaming at the mouth. Exactly. <laughs> so my number seven is Edge, the brood entrance from day one, 2022. 20, so 2022, oh. that day one, this was Edge versus The Miz. He comes out brood style. Yeah. And then halfway down, brood music stops, and it's the, on the stage. Okay. That was a gr- I mean, that was a fantastic callback. Um, you know, this Edge Edge coming back. You know, he returns, and then COVID happens, and then we finally get crowds back. You know, after a long wait, and so you get Edge being able to do some of these really cool things that I think they held off on because there wasn't crowd to be there. Um, this one was absolutely fantastic. Great nostalgia for an Attitude Era kid, um, because. You know, like I said, the first time I saw Edge was when he was the, you know, crazy guy coming through the the, um, the crowd, and then him and his brother Christian get together, and they're part of the brood. Right. So, it's like, my, the first time I was really a fan of Edge was when he was with the brood. So, I'm always a sucker for that intro. It's one of my favorite intros of all time, between the music and the pyro, and just the, you know, the dark red lighting. Yeah. Like. That, to me, was such a cool entrance. You know, you had, back then, it was, like, the Undertaker's entrance and the Brood's entrance were, like, the two coolest, most kind of, like, ear dark, ominous dark. entrances. Like, everybody else's was kind of, like, a, you know, grungy, rocky-themed right. know, entrance. Like, I want to say Stone Cold's uh, Stone Cold's entrance, he literally told Jim Johnson that he wanted something that sounded like Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. And then, you know, you listen to DXs, and it's very much, you know, like a... Modern punk, you know? Are you ready? Like very that there's a lot of similar music. I kind of equate
0: theirs to almost like Beastie Boys with Sabotage.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like an alternative punk sound. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, like not so much, uh, not not in the area of, of new metal or or grunge, but um, and then you just, like, there was just a lot of a lot of Drop D. Yeah. Like oh you didn't know like <laughs> you better call somebody. There was a there was a lot of drop D uh, chugging oh yeah intros in the nineties, uh, during especially during the attitude era. So the the, the broods you know don oh, like yeah that was it was that was such a cool entrance <laughs> and so uh, you know Edge keeping that you know, in the in the forefront of what, what he was doing then. That was that was so cool and so fun to watch.
0: I, I agree. All right, now we get into number six, I believe. So my number six, going back into mid-2000s, I think, early 2000s, I went with Rey Mysterio. Whenever he would shoot from the bottom of the stage, like the, I'm trying to think of how it went. The fireworks would shoot off and he would basically just pop up leap up from the stage. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times whenever I would watch him either on pay-per-view or on SmackDown or whenever he was was on as a little kid he was waiting for that entrance to come through. Mm-hmm. Things get dark and then all of a sudden fireworks shoot up just leaping from the floor almost hitting the fan about twice with my head. But I remember just seeing that entrance and I, it always just stuck with me. And so... Yeah. I think Rey Mysterio's entrance during that time period was one of the best ones that he's done.
1: I loved getting to see Rey get a cool entrance, especially being a Rey fan when he was in WCW. Exactly. And this is like his, just when he came. His entrance WCW. sucked in WCW. Right. Like the music was some generic, no lyric, nothing. Like the only time he had anything close to cool music when he was in WCW was when he was part of the Filthy Animals. Right. Um,. But yeah, when he got into WWE, you know, he got cool music, he got a cool, you know, entrance thing to do. Got pyro and you know, it really did, you know, it, it added that next level element to Ray's character. Right. So, yeah, that was yeah. Big big fan of that one. Um so we get to number 6. And so number 6 fairly recent like the last one, you know, happened in 2022. Uh, CM Punk's entrance at Revolution when he comes out to AFI's Miseria Cantare." Nice. Um, and
0: you, For everyone, those of you that don't know this one, go back and watch Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and you'll know exactly what we're talking about with this. When we're talking about the nostalgia... That a lot of wrestling fans got from whenever he came out to that song.
1: This I want to say the match started probably somewhere around eleven thirty or eleven forty-five at night. Right. So I'm sitting in my bed with my wife. You know, it's a Saturday night. We've got church in the morning. She's being a responsible adult. I am being a child watching professional wrestling at eleven forty-five at night. As was I. And uh, this song hits. And I mark out like a six-year-old girl, you know, at a pony farm. Okay?
0: I'm like, yes! Miseria Cantare!" Oh, my gosh!
1: "Gosh." And my wife's like, shut up and go to bed! Rightfully so. But I was like, babe, it's Miseria Contare! I don't understand. And she's like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Just go to sleep. And once again, this is another one where it's uh, so... This instead of me finding out of so with RVD I found I learned walk from his entrance. This quite the opposite. I had kind of say I had kind of got a little out of professional wrestling in the uh, in the mid two thousands, like early mid two thousands, like two thousand two. Right, because started you know started really getting into you know playing live music and a lot into girls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And no, and <laughs> Afis' "Sing the Sorrow" was one of is still one of my favorite all time albums. Um, I can actually say when I first got my car, I got my car in Atlanta, Georgia, and I had to drive from Atlanta, Georgia to Tallahassee, Florida. So the first time I actually drove a, my ve- a vehicle completely by myself, licensed, was driving from Atlanta, Georgia to Tallahassee, Florida. Oh wow! On I seventy five, Georgia three hundred, a little stressful. Yeah. But I and so I was too stressed out to change the CD in my disc changer, so I listened to "Sing the Sorrow" the entire way down. So for anyone that doesn't know, that's five times listening to the whole album in on repeat. Right. And I did was not upset about it at all. It was a fantastic <laughs> album. If anybody doesn't know who AFI is, if you've never heard uh, "Miseria Cantare,"
0: go check it out. Go
1: listen to it. If you've never seen CM Punk. Old school CM Punk like Punk Joe from like Punk Joe One, right? You know Punk Generico, Punk, you know all that stuff from the early two thousands. ROH before he went over to WWE. Go back and watch that. Go back and watch that entrance, and it's just it's cool. It's uh, you know the the fans are are rowdy. They loved they love what was going on. You know, it it, it gives that ECW vibe of when Rob would come out to walk or when Sandman would come out to enter Sandman.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: you know, the the crowd. It was it, it was there was a personal connection in old school ROH. Right. That, you know, even even AEW like AEW doesn't have that. Like they're too they're they're bigger, they're more produced, so they weren't even really going for that, but you know, like I say, ROH in that early time, they really had kind of like an ECW vibe of like, this is ours, this yeah. is, these are our people. Exactly. And so, watching Punk come out to that, you know, loving that song and watching him, some someone that I was like, God, this guy's awesome, he's fantastic. Having no idea the road that he was going to go on and everything. Yeah. Um, no, that was, when when he came out to that, I was like, I was done before the match even got started. Yeah.
0: And now we get into our top fives, and so this is where I pick one from today's day and age. Mm -hmm. Now with my number five, I went with Malachi Black. When you look at those ones, like we were talking about before, like those ominous. We're talking and about eerie Malachi
1: ones. Black. Or we're talking about Alistair Black. Who's... I'm talking about
0: Malachi Black. So we're talking
1: AEW.
0: AEW. House he makes of that transition. black intro exactly. Gotcha. All right, or it goes to black. Then and... you see him pop up on the top of the uh, turnbuckle, mm-hmm. and then goes to black again. And then he's sitting in the middle of the ring, crisscross applesauce, taking off the mask. Of those ominous and eerie entrances that we talk about, I say this is definitely one of those that. You look back on and go, that is so cool. Just from the entrance theme alone, I went back and listened to it. They had to cut this song a lot because I, I can't remember what the name of it is or what the band is, but it's like a, I want to say, it's
1: like a black German metal, death metal band. Damn. Yeah, it's like
0: German death metal band, but you pretty much have to cut a lot of the intro of it because it's all like soft and starts off with like a couple little bass lines here and there, mm-hmm. but just from the entrance song and then how it just immediately snaps right into this like scream death metal kind of vibe. And then just the way that Malachi black looks whenever he walks to the ring, like you can't help, but be intimidated and be terrified,
1: not just from his
0: presence, but just from his style of wrestling. And so this entrance as a whole just for me makes top five of all time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I always say he's the modern day undertaker when it comes to, you know, having that dark, ominous personality. I that, agree. And I say, unlike The Undertaker, who, you know, The Undertaker, I think some of his intimidation does come from size. Malachi Black... He doesn't need size. ...doesn't need the size. It's the look in his eyes. Exactly. Um, he just has that... ...stone-cold stare. Yes, it's, it's eerie. Exactly. righty. What you got for your top <clears throat> five? Or number five? So, so my number five is... Cody, Double or Nothing, 2019, Breaking the Throne. Oh, okay. I, when I first saw this entrance, I was, I was like, jaw, you know, like, you're, you don't know what to think. Exactly. It's like one of those where it's like, you
0: can't believe what you just saw.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I don't care what he wants to say to anybody. That throne looked exactly like the, triple throne that triple, the, the throne that Triple H sat on on two different WrestleMania entrances. And he used a sledgehammer, mm-hmm. weapon of choice for the game. Exactly. And breaks down the throne. You can't tell me that that
0: wasn't a clear, direct message to Triple H. 100%. It was basically them saying, screw you, this is our kingdom now. Mm-hmm. This is our throne.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't, you know, let's say the symbolism of that, you know, I you go back and watch some of these documentaries where, you know, Cody talks about um, his dad working in NXT, you know, during his, his final years. Right. And, you know, him being in WWE during that time and being stuck with these terrible gimmicky characters, you know, like Stardust <laughs> and, you know. I think that you know he's probably buried the hatchet on a lot of those things with Triple H now, but I you gotta you know I I can't help but think at this time you know he's saying you know my dad these all these guys Seth Rollins Roman Reigns Becky Lynch Sasha Banks all these people that were my dad's training and they said they're Dusty's kids they want to call themselves Dusty's kid I'm Dusty's kid right and you know Triple H. Put wanted you know is, is sitting there pushing those people and in 2019 all of those people are being fully have been fully pushed, and you know Cody left because he wasn't getting pushed, and now he's they're started they've started their own company at this point. Double or nothing is not all in. Double or nothing is the first official AEW pay per view. Right, and he's making the statement of I'm I'm going to break down this this throne. And like I said, I think that there's, they probably mended fences on in, in, any of that embitterment, but that was very clearly a, a symbolic act, and um, it, it did not go unnoticed. Right. And it was a great way for him to usher in the AEW era. And look where they're at now. Yep. It's crazy that Cody's back. I WWE. know, right? You know, you see a moment like that, and I almost thought to myself— Well, like there's you're never coming back from you're never coming back to WWE now. I mean, it was that moment where I looked and I was like, "There's no way he's going back to WWE now." Right. So the fact that he returned, it was like, "Wow, okay." That like the when he showed up at WrestleMania, the reason I was surprised that he showed up at WrestleMania was because of this entrance.
0: Right. I mean, it it was rumored so much, but it was like, "There's no way." There's no way of what like what he's done. In AEW, there's no possible way that Triple H would want him back in WWE. Yep. But then, lo and behold, he's the surprise opponent for Seth Rollins at that pump, at that moment. And then we get to number four. So with mine, I went with Kane, but not like 90s Kane. I went mid-2000s Kane, whenever the mask is already off, <laughs> he's already revealed himself. I know you've got your own opinion. I'm on, calling on shenanigans
1: segment. on that one, but you, you do you. But
0: hey, like I said, this is my top ten of entrances... I always loved the entrance theme for Kane whenever this was his entrance at the time during like the mid-2000s or so. I can't remember what the name of the title of it is, but I remember I had that Jim Johnson album whenever it had John Cena's theme, uh, Kane's, I think it had Stone Cold's and the Rocks on there as well, but I think the title was either, it was either The Time Is Now or My Time Is Now, because I remember John Cena was the cover of the album Uh on it, but it had one of those iconic entrance themes, and of course... Yeah, that was the, the one that actually
1: had lyrics to it.
0: Exactly, yeah. The one that had lyrics it. This Fire too.
1: Burns, or something yes. like that, yeah. Well, this Fire Burns was... No, this Fire that's Burns, that CM Punk's was Killswitch Engage. But it was something like that. It was like fire...
0: I have to go back and yeah. look at it, but yeah. Like, that one to me is always just iconic for me, because I remember just listening to that song whenever I'd be mowing grass sometimes with my granddad going through cemetery. I can only imagine the people driving by that heard me just singing <laughs> a full blast, but I didn't care. But yeah, I always thought that interest was really cool for me.
1: Nice. Yeah. That was, a, that, I think I liked, I liked the theme song. I just, I hate it when they took the mask off of cane. Um, I, I don't ever understand. I guess like, you know, the, they were trying to keep the character from going stale but the way they told the story when he takes the when he takes the mask off he's not at all disfigured like the worst thing about him was his receding hairline
0: um well, and plus they they tried to make him a little more scary with the different color eyes yeah see that to me was still creepy in and of itself just cuz whenever he would get intense or whenever he would get angry and scream that to me was just really creepy yeah no but that but that's just me
1: yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, I've always loved all the Kane entrances just in general because he uh, he does a good job of owning the room when he walks in. Right. Uh, number four for me, uh, the Sandman. Okay. ECW One Night Stand 2005. I want to say it's like a 10 minute entrance that uh, the Inner Sandman by Metallica plays like three times. Right. And it's just cathartic, it, you know, for someone who who loved ECW during the original ECW days and you know watched a lot of ECW wrestlers come over to wwf to be put out to pasture um that was just a really cathartic night in general as a wrestling fan um everything about that was fun and say when sandman came out and was partying with the crowd for 10 straight minutes um before him tommy dreamer and the dudley boys tear the house down in a very hardcore tag team match yeah um yeah I can I can watch I can probably watch that entrance just at any given moment I'll watch that entrance and watch all 10 minutes of it and just be happy right it's a great entrance it's a great callback to nostalgia of, of youth of, of, a, of a time where say when I watched when I'd stay up till the middle of the night to watch ECW um yep and it, it doesn't really get much better than that you know I a yeah <laughs> And now we
0: get to our top three. Now, number three for me, I went with Triple H, the game entrance, where he spits the water out when he gets to the ring. Like I said, nostalgia for me as a little kid, I can't tell you how many times I saw that entrance and kept doing that whenever I'd go out to the pool somewhere or I'd be in the shower. And I can't tell you how many times my dad would yell at me like, what are you doing? Like... I'm trying to be Triple H. Like, well, finish taking a shower, and then you can be Triple H. But every time, was... I,
1: every time I finished a a race, because uh, I was a competitive swimmer, every time I finished a race, and you know I would win, you know either come, most of the time coming first, sometimes coming second, uh, I would hit the wall <laughs> and missed. <laughs> I, had, I had a great one too. Mine was like perfect missed. You know, yep. no chunks. You know, not like Steph- Not like when uh, Stephanie did it. When what was that WrestleMania? When it was Triple H and Stephanie facing Angle and Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And they both did it. And uh, uh, Stephanie looks more like a girl who drank too much, and then <laughs> you know some of it started dribbling out of her mouth. Or do you remember whenever Michael Cole came out to Triple H's entrance,
0: mm-hmm. and then he was just like, puff. It was just like a few spouts here and there.
1: Yep mine was mine was Triple H quality like pure mist. Absolutely. Yeah, no I love I love the game's entrance. Uh Triple H is just he's one of those that's always had a good entrance. Except for the Blue Blood. I was never really a fan of the Blue Blood entrance. Yeah. But once DX once he got with Sean and DX and then they said like, he started really just being a turned up version of himself. Uh, it's, it's all been gravy since then, you know, when he came out with my time and then the game, and then for a while he was coming out to, what is it? King of Kings. Yes. Um, and we're and also coming out with evolution. Yeah. Triple H is the man. <laughs> speaking of, well, no, speaking of, I got him next. So oh, is the, that your, number, number three, the undertaker, WrestleMania 20. Okay. Yeah, WrestleMania 20. This is the Undertaker facing Kane. It's an unmasked Kane. Um, and so I I went back and forth with this one between uh, 14 and 20 because they're both very similar. It's the return of the dead man right. to face Kane. You've got druids. And they've got the torches. And they've got the torches and all that. But what this one had different than what 14 had is for this one, Paul Bearer is on the Undertaker's side. That's right. And this is the return of Paul Bearer because he had been gone for a while. So Paul Bearer comes out with the urn, and then the Undertaker comes out, and the Druids. And for that, it was just the most awesome, epic one. I mean, there are so many good Undertaker ones. I mean, close close second or third would be the Undertaker. What I can't remember which WrestleMania it was, but it was when Undertaker faced CM Punk, and they had like the the clouds and the hands were reaching up and trying. That is a really good one. And he had the spiked shoulder. Um, that one's awesome. I mean, he the the Shawn Michaels uh, Heaven and Hell Undertaker entrance. I mean, yeah. Undertaker's WrestleMania entrances. I mean, there's there's just so many amazing ones, but that one to me was perfect because I said uh, you've got Paul Bear, you've got the Druids, you had the classic Dead Man look um it was it was nostalgic but it was also fresh it was fantastic
0: i agree number 2 for me i went with batista as soon as batista came out dropping the bombs everywhere and then the fireworks going off like crazy
2: mm-hmm.
0: i cannot tell you how many times i sang along with that song Gosh, what was the name of the title of it? Um, cause it, it wasn't Saliva that did it. It was... Um, oh my gosh, that's going to bug me. I should have looked it up before I even put it on my list. But that song, and along with the freaking amazing amount of pyro that went in with it, yeah. just made this entrance definitely top three for me.
1: Right on, right on. Never much of a Batista fan myself, but I'll say his his, his entrance was always entertaining. And that's what we're going off of. We're yeah, going off yep. of the best entrances. Yep, number two for me: Triple H, WrestleMania Thirty. Uh, okay. The Triple H, the Gold Skull Crown. You got you got a young Sasha Banks, a young Alexa Bliss, and a young Charlotte Flair as his harem.
2: Right. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what you'd call him. I guess you've got. A, I mean, that something. great
1: ominous, you know, beginning uh, that starts before the music hits that just builds up the tension so well. Um, this is without a doubt his best entrance of all time. Like I said, I've loved all of Triple H's entrance, Sands for the Blue Blood, but this is the greatest entrance of all time for Triple H. Uh, and the fact that this is the entrance for him uh, going up against Daniel Bryan at this iconic WrestleMania, it was absolutely amazing. You can go back and watch it over and over and over again. And just you know, knowing that the three girls there are gonna end up all becoming uh, women's champions,
0: it's crazy. You
1: know, it's it's just like he's he really is the game. He is. Uh, you know, like I said, he was he was getting those girls primed and ready and in the NXT while he's also, you know, getting the getting ready to put over Daniel Bryan. You know, and do everything that he's to, he doesn't get he doesn't get enough credit in the world for for being the game, for being that dang good. For putting so many people over and for really, I mean, driving the business to where it is today. If it wasn't for him, I can't even imagine. If it was just in Vince's hand, I cannot imagine what professional wrestling would look like.
0: I agree. Now, we have our number ones. Number one is number one. And it's very apropos that you mentioned the Undertaker and CM Punk match at WrestleMania because that entrance was my number one. Right on. When you see the clouds and the fog and everything, and then you see the silhouette of the Undertaker standing amidst the fog, Mm -hmm. and all these hands just reaching up and grabbing like the souls of the dead. Yep. That, to me, was the greatest entrance of all time. Yeah. In my opinion. Because it it symbolizes who the Undertaker is, and it just makes his character look even more ominous and more deadly. Because, I mean... You look back at previous WrestleManias. I think this was WrestleMania 29 before he faced Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and it's just like it's, it also kind of symbolized to me all the ones that he's faced before. Mm-hmm. Like it's just those people that he's pretty much put to rest at WrestleMania. Yep. You go back to Jimmy Snuka. You look back at Triple H yep. and Kane. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Edge. Yeah. Diesel. Batista. All these guys, and. I thought this was just so amazing and just so cool.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's my number one. That's your number one. And then my number one, the number one.
0: Bold statement there, my friend.
1: Bold statement. And I'll ask you this before I even tell you my number one. Okay. What's the WrestleMania moment that no matter how old it gets is continuously in every wrestling, WWE package, WWE pre, like before WWE opens something up. You know, whether it's SmackDown, Raw, pay-per-view, what's a WrestleMania moment that's always shown?
0: It's the Hulk Hogan under the giant. Not body slam.
1: No, no, no. That's 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 a body slam. I'm talking about an entrance. What's an oh, int- entrance? What's an entrance moment that's that's shown on like almost everything they ever do when they put a package Are together? Are you talking about the Shawn Michaels one talking where he about comes Shawn down? Shawn Michaels, rafters? WrestleMania 12 of coming course. down from the rafters, the boyhood dream coming true before the Iron Man match, Shawn, hundred feet. He's gotta be a hundred feet up in the air. <laughs> it's the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Coming down, I mean, just having a good time, one hand in it, down the rafters, landing in the crowd. You know, he's got his chaps on, man. That was, I mean, not only is that, not only is that just such a cool, epic moment that has lived on in wrestle in the wrestling world. You know, there's so many cool moments, but like as time goes on, we we forget a lot of things and a lot of things you know, get traded out for new things. Right. That moment still is in, you know, even if you have no idea anything about WrestleMania 12, you've seen, if you watch the the product, you have seen that moment. Right. And I remember seeing that moment as a young kid. And that was the moment that a young kid said, not only do I love this, this is what I want to do. Right. Like, I want to be that. I want to have that moment. I want to do that. So that was very profound.
0: I, so, like, you know, I, personally. I find it interesting because both of us picked number ones based off of who our favorite wrestlers are. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, that's, that, like, like that we said before, sense. this is our personal preference. And you guys may have different preferences on what your favorite entrance is or mm-hmm. what you think the best one of all time is. Like I said before, let us know. Tell us on social media. Email us. And we'll tell you whether we like it or not. But odds are... That's what we love about this is that we get to see differing opinions and see who everybody likes and also just kind of a nostalgia for both of us. Just going back and looking at all these different entrances and looking at all these different people that we've grown up on. It's just really cool to see what just really clicks with us and what just really excites us as wrestling fans.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's it's what's that's what's great about wrestling in general too is like you can think, oh man, this is obviously the best character. And then you talk to somebody else and you're like, no, this is the best character. Right. This is the best finishing move. This is the best uh, entrance. This is the best rivalry. You know, it's it, yeah. uh, there's a little bit of everything it sparks, for, uh, it for everyone sparks a
0: heated debate, but at the end of the day it's all in good fun. Yeah,
1: you're you're watching it, you're enjoying it, it's good.
0: Exactly. All right John you ready to get in some reviews? Absolutely. All right. So for this week, I didn't necessarily have a winner. For me, I thought this was a draw. Just kind of everything was. There were some things on WWE and AEW that were good, but then there was also some things that were kind of lackluster. So for me, I didn't really have a winner for this week.
1: I am going to give this one to AEW uh, on the strength of of Collision uh, once again. Uh, the The Collision main event was fantastic. Uh, Dynamite was solid. It's a collision still uh, to me collision at this point is outperforming dynamite. Oh, I agree. Um See, the, the best I can say about WWE would, would, would be Raw. Um and honestly, the first the first hour of Raw was better than the rest of it. The best part of Raw was the Miz and LA Night. Oh, I agree, yeah. That, See, that one was probably the best moment of the night, which is sad
0: considering like all the potential they have with all these different matches. See, I'm tired of seeing Shinsuke Nakamura versus, versus Bronson Reed, but glad that it ended the way that it did cuz yeah. now we're going to see Nakamura and Rollins at some point for the title.
1: Yeah, that'll be and that'll be a good match and uh I mean, I don't mind Shinsuke as a heel. I think the WWE still really doesn't know they've never utilized him as well as they have as they could right you know like he's never been as over as he was you know like Wrestle Kingdom 10 right um, they've never like they've had him over because of that that kind of being like being over in Japan and then when he came over into NXT and you know the matches that he had with Finn Balor the match that he had when he first came in with Sami Zayn you know like he's a five star match machine right you know, like Kenny Omega likes to call himself the problem is that his characterization is just off. It's the same thing with Oscar can have fantastic matches can be entertaining, but they just, they don't, the writers, they don't know how to connect non English speakers with the audience. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm fine with him as a heel. I would love to see him as a heel with maybe like a manager or maybe like, you know, a stooge partner, you know, like I loved Nakamura as a heel, with Sami Zayn um, as his partner who would right. do all the talking. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, at least it's not the same thing being rehashed over and over again. But Ellie Knight in The Miz, that was absolutely fantastic. Loved it. it. Just goes to show once again how still to this day, after almost 20 years, people still underestimate how good The Miz is at a promo, at being authentic, at being a believable heel. But he wasn't saying anything wrong either. No. So the LA Knight Miz promo, to me, that was the best part of Raw. But yeah, the, re- there's a, I, the rest of it kind of fell a little flat, or it just, you know, it, it just seems like they're still continuing to push forward with things that don't really have the the fuel of you know, they don't really have the fire that they need. Right. And then SmackDown, you know, we, I, I roasted the ending, um, last week to, uh, to SummerSlam with the Jey Uso Roman range match. And I'm going to roast the fallout. Right. This whole, I did this for your own good is bullcrap. It it's is stupid. It doesn't make sense. We have reached the inflection point of the bloodline story where we have, We have it has outlived its value, and they are now trying to keep something going for the sake of keeping it going. When they had, you know, I'm sure that when they came up with this, they had a beginning, middle, and end. And then they decided, oh well, this is getting over so well, let's just keep it going. And this is what this is what happens when you go past your your creative.
0: Right. We'll kind Uh, of get into AEW stuff here in a second, but I'm gonna kind of ask your opinion on something because this is something. That has been floating around on social media a lot, and it's something that a lot of people have either rumored about, Are talking about? or speculated about. Do we see J Uso jumping ship and going to AEW? I'll
1: tell you what, if if Jay Uso jumps over to AEW, you can shave my head. Really? I'm telling you right here and now. Jey Uso is not going to AEW. Jey Uso. You heard
0: it here first. I've got all these witnesses listening to us right now. If he jumps ship to AEW, I'm shaving John's head. Okay.
1: But yeah, no, Jey Uso's Jey not going anywhere. I mean, the merch money that he gets with through for the WWE for all the Bloodline stuff, the main event Jey Uso stuff. Well, the, the only reason the, why. I mean, he's he's the he's the Bloodline is the Bloodline, and as much as this is a storyline, the, they're all still very close. Uh, the Anoa'i family is WWE blood. Like there might be some Anawaiis, like in Japan and you know over in you know different indies here and there, but they all end up on WWF, on WWE pay, you know, as far back as Alpha and Sika.
0: See, and one thing that, I the reason why I asked that is because there was a lot of rumors floating around that Jay may go to AEW, but also that this was just a work, to work up to where you have the Usos fighting each other at the next pay-per-view at Payback, where they
1: have their dad, Rikishi, being the special guest referee. I think that if that happens, just like I said last week, that's happening at WrestleMania or that's happening at the Royal Rumble. That's not happening at Payback. That's not happening, you know, in two, three, four weeks. That is going to get built up. That is a major money match. That is a, you know, you only get a couple times. You only get one or two times to do that kind of match Right. for the money that, that they could do that with. That is a dream match at this point for a lot of people. So that's not happening at payback. Jey Uso, they're they're playing this off. They're they're playing they're using the dirt sheets as a resource for their storyline. Jey Uso is not going anywhere. Jey Uso is probably gonna go on a vacation and enjoy a little bit of time off for a month or two. Right. Um and then we will get back probably by Survivor series. With some things, you know, with, with some discussion about the bloodline. I will My say, guess, They've already said that the Usos and Roman Reigns aren't going to be on this week's SmackDown. I'm not going to be surprised if we really don't see much of Roman, the Usos, for the next two or three weeks. I mean, they're going to let it breathe. And they they probably need to reconvene because, like I said, their storyline's going to crap in a, in a handbag. And... Uh, like I said, they, they they have an opportunity to bring something back towards Survivor Series. And I think that there's a very believable Survivor Series with Jay having a team versus Jimmy having a team or with the Bloodline having a team versus the non-Bloodline. Um, but I think in, in my heart of hearts, I believe that we're that they're going to... That's working. All of it is working towards some kind of major pay-per-view. Royal Rumble would be the soonest or WrestleMania... Where you have Jimmy and Jay, and you have, yeah, like, you know, Rikishi as the, you know, special enforcers, the elder, special referee, whatever you want to call him. Right. There to oversee the match. But, no, Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso. And to, if anyone's going to go jump ship, it's going to be Jimmy. His wife works at Impact. True. But, uh, no, Jay Jay and Jimmy are making money. hand They're making more money now than they've ever made in the company. True. Um
0: yeah. I'll I say that if they're working this as a work, they're doing a great job because you see Jimmy Uso or not Jimmy uh, J Uso as part of the alumni page on the WWE roster done that now, so many times. and they've done that Sorry, to all these he, different people. It, like I say, when same they thing fir- with him. Same thing with MJF. Whenever he yep. quote unquote left AEW, they took him off the roster page for AEW, and, and, and then and do you remember behold, how long they
1: let that one breathe?
0: It was like for he a was while. Off, He
1: was off TV and pay per views for like three months, right? So. so I mean, like I said, th- this could be a long burn for Jay. Like I said, they they couldn't have him off until, like I said, Royal Rumble, right? Where he comes and you know maybe Jimmy is in the Royal Rumble and is doing just fine and you know gets to
0: number thirty and you then know, you see Jay Uso. And,
1: yeah, and then Jay comes and screws him and then it's say hey, it's built until WrestleMania. It's possible,
0: and then of course AEW. It, for me, it was kind of the same thing as kind of like lackluster matches for some or lackluster segments, like the whole JAS breaking up segment was a complete waste of time. It was yeah. just, I've never subpar. really liked the,
1: I've never liked the JAS. And for no. the most part, everybody there other than Same Sammy, you know, yeah, I really, you know, just, it did. And it, I, it I I'd
0: say it's a stretch. I would say maybe even Daniel Garcia has, Daniel Garcia, until he, the help, until he
1: started doing the help. Then he started doing the the
0: pelvic thrust. he's like, stuff. it reminds
1: me of the party boy from, uh, that show Jack behind.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody else has not had much of a push at all. No, like uh, Matt Menard and Angela Parker. Well, those guys are just—they
1: they don't have charisma. They didn't have, like, I said, and I said this a long time ago. They didn't have charisma in NXT. They don't have charisma here. They're—I'm sure they're perfectly good hands. Like they're not terrible in the ring, but they're jobbers. That's what they are, and you know, and and sometimes you just got to accept that's who you are. That's what you're going to be. And as long as you can make a living being a jobber in a top company. Yeah. I'd rather be a jobber in a top company than nothing anywhere else. Jake Hager could be a great Jake player. Hager can't and talk. The problem with yeah, Jake... He Jake? can't talk.
0: He needs a mouthpiece. Yeah. And that's where I think you could have...
1: The most over that Jake Hager was was when he had Zeb Coulter or, you know, Dirty Dutch Mantel yeah. talking for him. Or, I mean, even then,
0: I would say bring back a um, guy from... Oh, my gosh. What's his name? Dan
1: Lambert. Like Bring him back as his mouthpiece because that would be... Dan epic. Lambert is awesome. He's hilarious. Uh... Yeah, no, he's he, he, very much the definition of somebody who turned up to eleven. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the uh, the but, JAS going away is you know what I can what I will what I will say very firmly is based on the way they're doing this, Jericho's not joining the Don Callis family. Yeah, it's I don't it's, think he it's, is it's either. he's he's gonna say no and I think we're gonna get uh Tekeshta versus the painmaker. Or whatever Chris Jericho is going to be. And that's what this is going to This is This is all the build for Jericho versus Takeshita at uh, All-In at Wembley Stadium. Right.
0: But I will say, of the stuff from AEW, of course the main event of Collision was fire. But the best thing on Dynamite, when we talked about it earlier, was the dodgeball segment <laughs> with MJF and Adam Cole. Yep. If you didn't watch that, please go back on YouTube or go back on your DVR and watch that segment because that was the funniest thing I've seen from AEW. Well, in and, uh, a long and I'll time. say the
1: uh, the um, the segment with the Kingdom and Roddy Strong and Adam Cole and MJF and MJF going, oh, are we gonna start doing promo battles? Uh, <laughs> the thin white rail. Hulk Hogan joke?
0: Oh, gosh. That huh. was m- magic.
1: It was fantastic. Beautiful. And as someone who just utterly despises Hulk Hogan, I just loved every <laughs> second of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you gave the win to AEW. I called it a draw, but, you know, I'm excited to see where WWE goes further with storylines and just see. Hopefully they are done with the Bloodline segment for a while because it's starting to become... Annoying at some points just because it's being shoved past
1: its point of purpose
0: exactly and I think in an interview Vince Russo kind of said the same thing when he was interviewing Chris Van Vliet and or when Chris Van Vliet was interviewing him and I'm I'm not the biggest Vince Russo fan but I agree with him whenever he was talking about how it's it's kind of being done to death at this Hmm. point like nobody is like you can't base your whole promotion off of one storyline yep and that's the way that it's been for the past three years now granted it's been one that everybody's been invested in and they've done a great job with it but you've got all these other amazing talents in your company well and you can truth, build storylines around them as truth, well too
1: the whole thing with the bloodline the, the this is and this is the, so the important part of storytelling and of course we're, we're going deep into the woods here but it's the important part of, of good especially professional wrestling storytelling, is there needs to be multiple layers. And the even the Bloodline story didn't really take off until Sammy got introduced into it. Right. You know, when you start introducing new characters and subplots... And you have a you know you have a main plot a subplot and then you have even some other little things going on. That's when you you've got a, an entire show that's entertaining as opposed to one segment that is entertaining. Right. And you know the Roman Reigns being the champion for three years and this dominant you know tribal chief thing, you know that supersedes the bloodline. And you know I think we'll get the 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 finish to that story. I think will hopefully come at this upcoming WrestleMania. Yes. You know, I think that we'll get the finishing the story uh, and that it will all pay off. If it doesn't, then it really is was a complete waste. And in hindsight, they should have done things differently at this Agreed. last WrestleMania. Yeah. But like the bloodline story, I think is say it needs to drift away. And it, like I said, it, at this point, it doesn't need to be about Roman and and Jay and Jimmy. No, it needs at this point now. It needs I mean, Roman needs to go back to just being a champion and, and worrying about being a champion. And you know, he can have Solo be his enforcer. Um, and he's got Paul Heyman as his special counsel, whatever. Fine. Right. And you know, in a in a month or two, three, four, however many, have the Usos do their thing, but they don't need to interact with Roman anymore. Agreed. And if the, and if they keep trying to keep the nucleus all together, like I said, it, the the story's gone stale. There needs to be deviation. There needs to be subplots. You know, like I said, bring other characters back in. Let this be a—you know, if this is a vehicle that only supports three people or four people, then it's really not that valuable. Right. But if the storyline or, uh, uh, you know, any kind of issue that is being put together, if it can incorporate and lift and elevate other wrestlers, then it's a valuable storyline. So— yeah no my my hope is that we we you know, they they've already told us we're not seeing the USOs and the bloodline on SmackDown I'm happy about that same uh and, and truth be told I'm well just plus being, I
0: think the crux of the SmackDown for this week is going to be Edge's twenty is it twentieth or twenty fifth anniversary
1: something like that it's something yeah.
0: like uh, so they're going to have that main event match I think with him and Sheamus and yeah it's pretty much I don't think it's going to be his send off because with with the physique that Edge has right now I don't see him riding off into the sunset with this I think.
1: No, Let's I think see. this is a. I think this is a return of Edge. I, I, no, this is not a. This is not a sunset match. This is a setup for the next rivalry match. And like I said, as I say, as Roman might might not be at the forefront of things, where we have like some other people not. They're bringing Edge in to let other people have rest. This is this is cycling out your bench. Right. Um, and just being dead honest, I honestly do feel like AEW is going to beat out WWE over the next couple weeks because they're building up towards All In. Right. Whereas WWE, they got Payback coming back. And this is the way WWE does this. This is going to be a B-Show pay-per-view. It's going to get B-Show writing. See, and the thing I'm
0: kind of interested to see is because, I mean, we have, we have this build up to All In in London. But then shortly after that, the following week, you got All Out. And yeah. so it's like, where are they going to go from here? Because they've already booked one match. You get Darby Allen and Luchasaurus for the TNT Championship. Or Christian Cage, whoever is holding the belt that week.
1: Yeah. Well, what I think we're going to get for, for payback is we're going to get some lesser stories. We're going to get some less interesting stuff, but enough to put on paper. Right. Um, and so WWE is going to be probably pretty mid for at least the next couple of weeks until after payback. And then as we get to Survivor Series, they're going to ramp up for Survivor Series. Oh, Survivor, yeah. You've got one, to. One thing they do very well is they always find a way to make Survivor Series... Engaging. Whether it's Raw versus SmackDown. All I can say or, is
0: that I just hope they bring back war games. I really I, hope they do. But I really I don't think hope
1: they I really hope they bring back war games. At this point I don't know what they would you know, if it's gonna be a judgment day thing, or if you know if it's gonna be a bloodline thing, or if it's gonna be something completely out of left field that I have no idea about. Right. Um I I am ready and waiting for DIY to come back. And it's going to happen. It's going to come back. It's gonna I mean, happen. Champ is here. Uh, I, I, I'm just waiting for Johnny. I, I don't know if we're waiting for Johnny to be fully healthy, if there's the injury Probably. there. But I'm ready for DIY to come back. And, yeah, I would love to see war games. But at the end of the day, yeah, I just think that AEW's, you know, they're they're pushing to their big pay-per-view where WWE's coming out of theirs. So, I, you know, I expect to watch AEW in the next, few, you know, two weeks be much more um, – You know, hyped up and engaging, whereas WWE is probably going to just be, you know, maintaining a a standard baseline. Right. Well, anyway, guys, that's our episode for today.
0: Those were our top 10 entrances of all time. Like I said before, let us know what you think your top entrances are, either on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at five star jobbers, and also let us know at our email address, the five star jobbers at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and as always, keep it five star.